0: Hi everyone, welcome to the D risk podcast, episode three, PR and communications for cyber incidents. On today's episode, I interview Lars Ferdish from Precious Communications about how to manage PR and communications during cyber incidents. We hope you enjoy. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I am really excited to be joined today with my guest, Lars Ferdisch. Lars is an experienced global communications professional, and he started Precious Communications in Singapore in 2012. It's a strategic communications consultancy working with not only large global brands, but also young startups and unicorns. Thank you, Lars, for joining me today on DRESC.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about uh, our conversation today.
0: Great. So, just want to highlight that uh, the aim of D Risk is really to um, to highlight to founders about the key things that can go wrong for startups and to help founders de Risk their own businesses. On our previous episode, George had talked about cyber incidents response activities with Andrew Cook from. Kennedy's law firm and he had brought up the need for PR crisis management so I'm really excited to talk to you Lars today to draw on your insights and from your experience in PR on how cyber attacks and breaches should be handled. So maybe if we jump right into the first question uh, we've seen quite a few notable cyber attacks and data breaches around the region in the last couple of years, including Ingevan, Tokopedia, and even more recently in the last week, we've seen Garmin announce that they've um, had uh, a ransomware attack, and maybe some of our listeners have actually experienced that um, the outage firsthand. So I wanted to get to know from you, you know, what, what do you think is a right way to handle PR during these times, and how do you think they were handled in these examples?
1: You know, first of all, we are living in a very uh, fast-moving world. And something like cyber incidents, um, knowing the technical side, because we worked with a, a lot of the world's leading cybersecurity firms, is sometimes you need time to really understand what went wrong or what's happening. Is it an attack? What scale it is? So I understand that companies often are really in a tough spot because they don't have all the answers. Um, the challenge is from a PR perspective, um, the first hour always matters. And we always try to follow a certain rule of thumb, but get it fast, get it right, get it out, get it over. You should be the first one who talks about an incident because otherwise you leave it out for the world to create a vacuum. And a vacuum has the nature of being filled up and it's getting filled up with information that might not be true. And it's very hard once you're on a defensive kind of mode to take back control of your narrative. So often what what we advise our clients is acknowledge that there is something going on. We can confirm there's an outage of our systems. We're investigating uh, what it is. And then um, always talk about uh, compassion and what it means for the people affected. We are very sorry for our clients and partners that are affected by that. We'll keep you updated on a regular basis. So it's getting it fast. You should be the first one who talks about it. Get it fast, get it out. Is talking about it? Get it right is about what are you doing to fix it? Um, And only then you can get it over. The challenge is a lot of companies always start with, only if I know how to fix it, I start talking but we have different kinds of um, timelines where you just don't know exactly until a later stage to have a clear answer. Um, And in those situations, you should still say, hey, we know something's going on. That's what we're doing about it. We keep you posted. That's all it is that you should do at the very beginning because people will acknowledge and then you have a whole Twitter storm going out there um, outside of your control.
0: Right, I get it. So being fast is the key and, and being clear about the messaging. And is there a risk of oversharing? Like, do you, is there a fine line of how much you want to share as well at that first stage? Sure.
1: sure. I mean, a lot of companies are worried, oh God, we might have a data breach if we talk about it, we put it on the front page of everybody. But there's that fine line. If you think about it, it's like an um, exponential kind of curve. At the very beginning, you're not sure how bad it will be. So you have to monitor, especially in those first hours on how much is going out there. So if you're not sure, you should put it on your website, you should acknowledge it, because you also think it might be just a short outage. Um, Then it's really monitoring. The moment you see chatter picking up out there, you should take control. So you don't necessarily need to lead it if you don't have Uh, the answers but you have to monitor very closely on what's the chatter out there that's going on right and I'm sure if there's a major outage your key customers already will be calling you your switchboard might know about an incident before your PR department so it's also very crucial that PR and business functions are interlinked so it's not like I find out uh, from the newspaper the next day that my client had an incident. It's very late if it's already front page, right?
0: Yeah. Um, so you talk about a first hour is quite critical to get at least one mm. message out. So would do you expect the startups to already engage with a PR firm from as soon as they found out there's something's gone wrong? Or do you is, is there enough time for that? Um, how does it work <laughs> with I'm um, trying to get things out really quickly?
1: Um, it's a little bit comparable to the situation when you have the first COVID cases around the world and companies were getting affected and they, it's the same kind of, we have an incident, what do we do about it, right? PR is sometimes, reputation management is like insurance. Um, you should be prepared for a case to happen, otherwise it's Murphy's Law. It happens in the night from Saturday to Sunday when you're not available. Um, so you should actually be prepared for certain crisis situations Um, and if you're dealing with data by default a data interruption or breach is unfortunately a likely scenario of course more established companies should have those playbooks ready startups often underestimate the damage it can do to their reputation So what we would recommend, you don't necessarily need um, a full PR firm on retainer, uh, but you at least should have an assessment of your crisis scenarios. And that's part of your business continuity planning. And part of that is the communications part, right? Um, At least you should know who's the guy you would call on Sunday night if something goes wrong. Who's the guy you would call to fix the problem?
0: Right. I suppose depending on the industry of um, the company where you know, something's gone wrong um, and de- depending on the severity of the issue of, of the cyber incident, they might need to report to the regulator um, on, on certain things if there's been a breach, right? Um, what-
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have that in, in Singapore with the PDPA and you have that in nearly every country has different Um, data security, privacy laws that actually uh, force you to report incidents within a certain time frame. Often it's also um, part of your agreements with your key clients or uh, other stakeholders where you have an incident reporting protocol.
0: Right. And I guess it goes back to what you said earlier about companies really need to have these sort of crisis management scenarios uh, as part of um, you know business planning. So they need to know, okay, if something's gone wrong, I need to report X, Y, and Z to um, ABC parties. And that's whether it's PBPA and et cetera.
1: And it's important to really make sure that you have those processes internally figured out. Um, you have that often that uh, when a crisis happens, operations takes the lead because they're at the forefront trying to fix it. they're not necessarily the trained communicators right if something massively happens you need to inform different parties of course you have to inform your staff because suddenly their customers might be calling you need to inform um the regulator possibly and last but not least you need to inform your key customers they should hear it from you not from um, a website that their cousin forwarded to them.
0: Right. Just talking about these roles, So you said operations takes quite a big leading role in this. Like, Who else typically within a company would be um, responsible or doing something around crisis management and PR?
1: It really depends on the nature, but usually you have, of course, a C-level representative. Sometimes it's a CEO, depending on the severeness of the issue. Um, Often you have a legal department involved in what can we say without setting ourselves up for litigation. Um, You should have communications on the role and sales or whoever manages your customer uh, relations. And then that department that should be able to analyze and fix the problem at hand. One thing that a lot of companies also don't necessarily understand, if you have a challenge, a problem, a crisis like a data breach or a hack, that two problems you actually need to fix and assure that you can fix them. One is the issue at at hand. What are we doing right now? And then what are we learning from that and improving so that that won't happen ever again, right? Um, The challenge with crisis is it's easier to talk about it once you have closure, once you have a, a solution. But uh, more often than not, these crisis scenarios don't have a direct answer, a quick fix. We saw that with Garmin. We saw that with uh, the Sony hack, like maybe 10 years ago. We saw that with Stuxnet and and others where you had not a direct fix to bring it over and it was going on and on. And sometimes companies then are panicking and the CEO feels like, I shouldn't go out and talk about it because either I want to be involved, I want to be with my engineers that happened with an outage of uh, research in motion, BlackBerry, a couple of years ago. Or they feel I shouldn't uh, talk and go out and speak about it before I have all the answers. In a crisis, you won't have all the answers. An information kind of of deficit is, is the status quo in a crisis. So you have to be very clear on what can I say, what shouldn't I say, and especially never make up stuff stick to the facts, acknowledge what you're doing, tell people that you are the best persons in control to do what's necessary. Um, And I can just emphasize that over and over again. As long as you keep your stakeholders informed on what you're doing, that you are in charge of resolving the issue, you should be the one that's trusted to deal with the situation. The moment you become quiet, people are doubting your ability to deal with this. And if they doubt your ability to uh, fix a problem, they might also then doubt if you're the right partner to continue doing business with.
0: Right, so there's quite a lot of reputation at stake, potentially losing customers in the future, even if everything goes back on track, right? But just the way the communications was handled, I guess you're saying a lot of existing customers might lose faith in the company.
1: Yeah, and you also s- might set yourself up for compensation claims, depending on how your uh, agreements are, are structured on reporting uh, times and, and, uh, and these kind of things, right? Um, often people wrongly feel like, I try to keep it under wraps as long as I can, but then the moment it comes out, it's like an explosion and you lost control to deal with it. And everybody will ask, why didn't they tell me earlier, right? Um, The bad thing about the situation we are in with social media everywhere information Travels at the speed of a click. So something that might happen your systems down will just be out there be aware of that Um, In the old days you had some more time to deal with that The good thing is I believe companies are also seen more like it's not just that anonymous company organization brand hiding behind their uh, walls they are people um, and mistakes happen. As long as they are owning up to the issue, sharing what they're doing about it, uh, and I have confidence they're dealing with this situation as good as they can, and they didn't do silly mistakes that led to, the mis- uh, to that issue, uh, then I can forgive them. And I want to continue working with them because I know my company is not without failure either, and mistakes can happen, right? It's about owning up to it, Keeping people informed, so you can move on in it. But the moment you lose that trust, and your reputation is damaged, very hard to recover from that.
0: Can you just, Debbie, go through how PR firms like yours, like Precious Communications, help startups and other companies go through this process? Like, um, what's the key value add that you can help? In, in moments like this
1: uh, there, there are two things one is of course and ideally preparedness assess your risk early have a plan in place have have you know that plan in your drawer that ideally you never need It's a little bit like the moment you break a leg it's a bit late to apply for health insurance so uh, you better be prepared and and we we raise awareness Um, in uh, discussions like today, uh, we write articles, uh, we speak to our clients, advise them um, in in a voluntary capacity at early startups, we're mentoring um, um, certain startups. Um, If it happens, the most important part is be honest, open and transparent about what happened, what do you know, what don't you know. If you want really the best advice you can get, share as much as there is right it's a little bit like um, something went wrong you have to talk to an attorney um client privilege kind of style have an NDA in place and then reveal what really happens what do you know what don't you know otherwise it's very hard to advise if you don't have the full picture
0: right and so PR firms like yours help um startups and other companies with the messaging on how to craft the right messaging that's open and honest and transparent.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's really, you know, it really goes back to uh, get it fast, share what you know, stick to the facts, don't get emotionally evolved. forget about the, I want to be right. That's not the point of it, right? Don't try to, yeah, it's just a little incident, but we have done so many good things in the last years. Nobody cares. If you're in a situation with a crisis, it's all about just transparency and updates. Get it fast, get it right, get it out, get it over.
0: And I suppose the messaging has got to be throughout the entire organization, not just at the CEO, on the website. It's got to come all the way down to um, the support staff, the customer service line, um, people who are answering the phones. They all need to kind of sing from the same song sheet, right?
1: Your whole stakeholder ecosystem, it could be your distributors, um your technicians, um, your resellers, if you're in, in technology, your whole ecosystem that has touch points uh, with with the with the outer world, right? Uh, because all of them will be asked, hey, I heard you're working with company X and they had a data breach, what's your take on it? You don't want to leave any room for speculation and you also want to tell all your partners, all your friends what they can say, and who they should contact if there are more questions, right? So a typical way would be, hey, we want to let you know that this is happening. Our best people are on it. If you have questions, please ask these these folks. uh, But please refrain from speaking to the media um, and direct them all to our head of PR or our CEO's office. You want to also streamline the communication, right? Because if you don't do that, um, it all goes haywire uh, because not everybody's at the same page of information and knowledge and knows what's, what's going on. Right.
0: And Lars, since you're in the industry, can you give us an indication of what the price range of if a startup or a company was, were to engage with a PR firm for this PR crisis management. If they weren't engaged with one up until this point, there's a cyber breach or an attack, and they need to engage with the firm to help them get the communications right across the entire organization. How much would you say that might cost?
1: I can't share a definite price because it really depends on the scope of engagement. Uh, is it different markets? How deep do you want to go? How many scenarios do you want to look? But it's usually much cheaper to do that what I call in peace times than in war times. Because in peace times, you can look at the project, you have more time, um, you can manage it better versus if it already happened and you need to urgently uh, get a PR from on board, you pay premium ad hoc prices and, and those hourly rates can go from 400 to thousands of dollars an hour, right? So when, once that clock starts ticking, Um, it easily overshadows anything you would have paid in preparedness early on. Again, it's the same thing like uh, health insurance might cost you that much, but the moment you break a leg and you have to fork out your whole hospital bill, um, it's a different relation kind of looking at it in the long term. And in cybersecurity, what we've learned from our expert clients is it's not a question if, it's a question when companies get... um, under fire from from attacks, hacks and interestingly most incidents actually happen from uh, within an organization, a disgruntled employee, it's somebody um, whose laptop got stolen, uh, somebody who want to do harm or earn an extra dollar, um, lesser than actually external um, parties that want to want to do harm to you.
0: Mm. And I think you're right, it's more a question of when than if, if this is going to happen. So thank you so much, Lars. This was extremely interesting to hear from you. Uh, my key takeaways from this are you really want to be prepared because it's a matter of when it's going to happen. You're going to be in a crisis such as this. You want to get your playbooks ready. You want to know uh, who, who are the key stakeholders you need to be communicating to. And the other key takeaway for me was being quick to, quick and fast and being open, honest, and transparent with the messaging.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Lars. I've really enjoyed speaking with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Speak to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll speak to you next time on the next episode of Risk.